So you might ask yourself, what are these things for in my hand? These things are for you to take notes. And now we have what's called Connect. Connect is our small group study. And guess what we talk about in Connect? What you got in your hand. How convenient. Um, and we have several of them. If, you want, if you're interested in becoming part of our small group, uh, our Connect groups, life groups, uh, you see Pastor Chad right there in the back. Raise your hand, brother. Yes, hallelujah. What a servant of the Lord. So go ahead and see him to go ahead and get signed up and get put into a connect group. We have them uh, throughout the week. And so hopefully we find one that uh, connects with your schedule. See what I did there? Saw that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of those today. Um, if you look in your sermon outline in your notes there, I, uh, I wrote an introduction. Now, my introduction is not as great and as amazing as, uh, as Bishop's introductions, but you know what? It's what I came up with, amen? <laughs> so we'll go ahead and read it t- together. It says in chapter 5, chapter 5 marks a rising of the standard by which we as believers are called to live. Thus far in chapter 5, Paul writes that we should be imitators of God by walking in love, in light, and today we see that we are also to, be, to imitate God by walking in wisdom. Walking in wisdom. As we walk through these last few chapters, see what I did there? Walk through, walk worthy. Oh, yeah. It is important to keep in mind the reason we, as God's dear children, are able to live out these final chapters. It is not by our own strength, righteousness, or effort that we are able to live by such standards, but rather our faith in Christ's finished work and his grace that empowers us to walk worthy. Amen. Amen. So now, as I was meditating on uh, the message today, uh, I was thinking of a story, because you all know that I like to tell stories, right? If you don't know, now you know I like to tell stories. And so I'm going to tell you a little story. So um, my wife and I, we've been married for 12 years, 12 wonderful and amazing years. And she hasn't killed me just yet, so I think I'm doing okay. So um, my wife and I, when we first started, I was the only one working, so we didn't have much money, right? So we had enough money to go ahead and, you know, take care of the house and all, all those things. But when the cars broke down, um, I would call my father-in-law, who is my, what I like to call my master mechanic. Uh, and so I go to him and I say, Vicente, listen, um, Vicente, see that? You guys, you and my father-in-law look just alike, too. You guys, like twins, like twins. Um, and so I called him up, and I said, Vicente, listen, man, um, Vanessa's car is making this funny noise in the back, and he's like, okay, I think it's the brakes. And I'm like, oh, great. I've done a brake job before. I got this. So then I take the car, and I take a weekend, right, the precious weekend, where's my time. And I, uh, I, do, I choose to invest the time uh, in fixing my wife's car. So I get there, and I know where everything is because Vicente and I, we worked on the cars together, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and fix this car all by myself. So then I go ahead and jack up the car, and I start taking you know, things off and stuff, and then I get to the rear brake drum on this 1997 Toyota Corolla, baby blue. And so I take the wheels off, and then I, I look at the brake drum, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is easy. I just go ahead and take a little mallet and go ahead and take the drum off, right? So now at this point, it's like, you know, 
9 o'clock in the morning or so. So I'm like, man, I got mad time. I'm going to go ahead and fix this car, and then we get to go out, do something, something fun. So then as I continue banging away at this brake drum, it is not loosening up. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I just need to go harder, right? So I get a bigger mallet, and I go at it harder. And I'm hitting this thing. And hitting, by this time, neighbors are looking at me like, what is going on over there? Maybe he's working out some frustration. Uh, and so I'm hitting this thing, hitting this thing, and it doesn't want to budge. And then, then I notice these little screws that are... I got to go ahead and take the screws out. I got it. I know where the screwdrivers are. So I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to go ahead and... I'm like, oh, more elbow grease. So then I really brace myself, and I try to go ahead. It doesn't budge. I'm like, all right. So let me go ahead and get some lubricant. Maybe it's just stuck, right? So I spray it down, and I spray it down some more, and I spray it down one last time, just for good measure, just in case, right? So I'm going at it and going at it and going at it, and you know what? It did not budge. So I'm like... By this time, I'm like two hours into it. I am drenched. It is hot outside. Nobody has come to give me any water or any relief. <laughs> we won't mention any names. Um, I am working hard. Uh, and so I, I'm like, man, what is going on? So then I call my father-in-law. I'm like, Vicente, um, this thing doesn't want to come off. And then him and his infinite wisdom, uh, says, uh, why not? <laughs> in my mind, because Vicente's a big guy, in my mind, I'm like, dude, I wouldn't be calling you if I knew why it didn't come off. I would just take it off. But I told him, uh, Vicente, I don't, I don't know. That's why I'm calling, calling you. And then, and then he, he said this to me. He said, Aldo, I said, yes. He said, did you check the book? <sighs> First, when we started working on cars, he taught me a very valuable thing. He said, we can't remember everything. But thankfully, there is a book that shows you how to go ahead and tear it all down and put it all back together and not have spare pieces. <laughs> so he asked me, Aldo, did you check the book? I said, um, Vicente, I've done this before. I've done it a whole bunch of times. I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss. I have no idea. So he said, you know what would be a good idea? I said, what? <laughs> check the book. So I had to go ahead and swallow my pride. I cracked open the book. And in the book, it said I needed a special screwdriver. One where when you go ahead and put it in and you hit it, it's like a spring mechanism. It goes in and turns it. Thank you. Thank you. It's a knowledgeable mechanic over here. So I said, well... Let me go to the store and let me get that. (laughs) 
Would you believe that I come back with said tool? And it worked. <laughs> it was off both sides in a matter of five minutes. Here I am struggling for two hours banging away and all I had to do was refer to the book for the answer. It's pretty good, huh? In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, we're going to go ahead and begin reading. The word of the Lord says, See then that you walk circumspectly. Say circumspectly. That's a fun word. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always, say always, for all things, say for all things, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in that day, I did not redeem the time. Talks about redeeming the time. I did not redeem the time. I wasted the time. Why? Because of my stubbornness, because I didn't want to confer the book. And so today, we're going to go ahead and talk about redeeming the time. The first point I want to uh, make is we make the most of our time by spending time in God's word, seeking his wisdom to understand his will. So to walk circumspectly, 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 that word means to know thoroughly because I've done some research. I thought I knew what to do in my own mind, right? My own abilities. I thought I got it. I'm good. I'm going to come in. I'm going to go ahead and get this thing off. It's going to be easy. But I, I didn't do my homework. I didn't research. Guess what I do now before I tackle any task in this car? <laughs> I open the book. I see the procedure to go ahead and make sure that I know what it is that I'm doing. So I don't waste time, but I redeem the time because the thing is, is that time is one of those commodities that you can't earn, right? I can't get more time. You know, I only have the time that I am given. And so sometimes I waste the time. Anybody guilty? Just me? Uh, yeah, sometimes I waste my time. I remember I used to like to play video games a lot. And so I spent like two hours playing video games and I'm like, yes, I reached the next level. And then I started thinking a little, as I got a little bit older, what a waste of time. <laughs> oh my gosh. I could have been doing a whole bunch of other things. My wife could have not been yelling at me at this moment had I just waited, you know, done what I was supposed to do two hours ago instead of spending time, you know, in this video game. <laughs> Circumspectly also means uh, to go ahead and consider the outcomes. Sometimes we like to jump into things and we don't consider the outcomes, right? Sometimes we say things and we speak before we have a moment to think about it. Ooh, and then we really get in trouble, especially with our spouses. Mm -hmm. We have what's called foot and mouth. Uh, sometimes I'm like, babe. And I'm like, ooh, maybe I should have come out like that. Maybe I should have just like thought about that for a moment and just, you know, calm down. Let the spirit of the Lord just calm me down and bring his peace upon me before I go ahead and. Anybody like that? <laughs> 
Maybe I shouldn't have made that decision. Maybe it was a little rash decision. Maybe I should have waited. Maybe I should have waited upon the Lord and waited for his answer before I went ahead and jumped in, right? Because sometimes we like to help God. I'm a good helper. I am a horrible helper. Anytime I try to go ahead and make something happen, it always crumbles apart. But when I wait upon the Lord and I wait for his answer, oh my goodness, it's like things just fall into place and all I got to do is just walk in it, right? I didn't even got to know. I, look, God knows, right? And I know that if he tells me, if he speaks to me, he says, go ahead and take that step. I take that step and you know what? It's great, you know? And if it's not so great, I know that he told me to take a step because, so that in the end, it will be great. Because sometimes God tells us to go ahead and walk in stuff, right? He tells us, hey, I need you to do this. And you start doing that, and it's like, oh, man, all hell breaks loose in your life. And you're like, oh, man, it can't be God. It cannot be the Lord because I'm not feeling <laughs> feelings. I'm not feeling it. But God knows all things, and he takes us through. He walks us through. He doesn't leave us alone. We can always depend on him. But sometimes he causes those things to happen because he wants to check you and be like, hey, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you? Last year, my wife and I went through a very hard time. Uh, we, we had been trying for a while to go ahead and get pregnant. And finally, we did. It was amazing. And so, you know, it was kind of touch and go there for a little bit. And then, um, then at about... And somewhere between six to eight weeks, the, uh, the baby was not there anymore. So it was, the heart wasn't beating. And man, we were devastated. It was very, 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 very tough. But I know that God has spoken to us and he had told us that we are to have another baby. And so I'm like, look what happened. You told me and I heard you and this is not what you meant. I know this is not what you meant. Man, let me tell you, we were so sad. We were so devastated. And I remember in my prayer time as I'm crying before the Lord and, and trying to get answers, right? Because when things like that happen to in our, in our lives, hey, we're human, right? I don't know about you, but I am human. <laughs> and I cry and I hurt. And, you know, sometimes I get frustrated. And, and, and so I'm sitting there and I'm praying. I'm asking God, God, what is going on? What happened? Didn't you say? You said. I remember. And then his still small voice said to me, Aldo, do you trust me? <laughs> Am I still good? I was undone. I said, God, of course I trust you. Of course you're still good. Because it doesn't matter. You know, things that happen in my life, it doesn't change who you are. You are still good. You are still holy. You are still awesome. And if you don't choose to bless me with anything else, you've already blessed me with more than enough. Because I get to spend eternity with you. I get to have relationship with you. I get to depend on you. I have a hope, even though my situations might seem hopeless. And so... In his grace and his goodness, he chose to go ahead and bless us with a little boy, little Giancarlo. And I love that little boy. He is so amazing. You guys are good to meet him pretty soon here. But um, the awesome thing about God is that he knows the end from the beginning. So when we 
confer with him, when we trust him, when we say, God, you guide me, you guide my steps, then we can walk circumspectly because we are trusting the one who knows the end, right? Even though I might have to go through the mud, I might have to go through uphill, downhill, both ways, in the snow, when it's cold, uh, I know that he is getting somewhere. I'm not just lost. In the book of Psalms, it says that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Without it, we are stumbling hopelessly in the dark, which can be time-consuming and not time-redeeming. We are called to redeem the time, not to waste the time. And I don't know about you, but I've made a lot of mistakes, and I think that I've wasted enough time. And so when we choose to go ahead and do things on our own, that is a waste of time because you're going to have to go back to him anyway. So you might as well start with him and have him tell you what your next step is and what the step after that is and the one after that and the one after that. Because sometimes we start out good, right? We're like, oh, bless the Lord. I'm in, I'm in the will of God. And then we're like, oh, I am in the will of God. And then I am. And then the will of God is going that way and you're going this way. And you're like, oh, and what happened? And then you can come back and be like, <laughs> That's what happened. I stopped depending on God. I stopped allowing him to light my path. I don't know about you, but I hate stumbling around in the dark. When the power goes out, I don't know where the candles are. I, I am so horrible at remembering where the flashlight is. So guess what I'm doing at 2 o'clock in the morning when I got to go ahead and look for stuff? I'm stumbling around in the dark. I don't know where I'm going. No idea. I'm stepping on toys, hurting myself, trying not to <laughs> trying not to say things that I shouldn't say. I go ahead and stumble on my wife's shoes in the middle of the hallway. <laughs> I should have thought of that more thoroughly because I have to go home with her and I'm going to hear about this later. Just bless the Lord, babe. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> so if we plan on being wise, we need to confer with the word of God so we, we can walk in wisdom. Fools. Let's talk about fools. I pity the fool. Uh, fools, on the other hand, despise wisdom and instruction. You ever try to tell somebody that knows what to do what to do? <laughs> That is the worst because, especially when you know that you've done it before, you've done this thing before once or twice, <laughs> sometimes many times, and then you have the fool uh, come over and be like, man, more out the way. I got this. I know what I'm doing. And then they spend what seems to be an eternity trying to do what you know is wrong, and in their minds, this is the only way to do it. Oh, it's hard to convince somebody. Then you get frustrated. You start pulling your hair out. That's what happened to Bishop. <laughs> Got frustrated. He started pulling out his hair. It's crazy. He had a full head of hair. Beautiful. Gorgeous. One day in heaven, Bishop, you just... <laughs> Me too. Me too. I won't have any trouble. And I'm going to be tall too. I got a witness over here. Yeah. 
A fool says, I'm good. I'll figure it out on my own. No instructions needed. I can put this together myself. Okay. I'll learn by my own mistakes. Bishop was talking a few weeks ago. People that they love to learn, I have to make my own mistakes in order for me to learn. Can you not repeat mine? Can you go ahead and listen to some instruction? Can you go ahead and just listen for a minute to not fall into, why? Because we are called to redeem the time. Why would you spend your time? Why would you waste your time repeating the same mistakes that somebody else did? You know what that's called? It's called being foolish. I know, I know. Listen, I'm speaking to you, but I'm speaking to me. I have been a fool. I admit it. Can I confess? So is that all right? You won't judge me, will you? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, mm, I don't know. You're supposed to be a pastor. Um, but I have been a fool at times. I have made some mistakes, and I've made mistakes that my parents have made, and my parents just look at me like, it's like, I know. I know you don't have to say it, Ma. I know. You told me so, and here I am just doing it. Listen to instruction. Let's be wise. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. When we spend time in God's word, we see the truths that are revealed in them. We see his will for us, and by his spirit, we understand what his will is. If you ever want to get to know somebody, you got to sit down. You got to talk to them, right? If you want to know what somebody's ideas are, you go ahead and if they're, you know, big time. They've written books and stuff. So you want to go ahead and read their books to see what they think, right? How they are, how they react. And so God has given us his word. This is his character, his wisdom. And he's given us a great teacher, the Holy Spirit, to go ahead and reveal those things to us. He's also given us, you know, teachers here, men, to go ahead and teach us. But he's given us his Holy Spirit. And so he didn't just go ahead and give you his word and be like, all right, learn the manual, But you have access. You have access to the author of the text. You know how many times I wish when I was going through school that I would have access to the author? Because they would write some craziness. And I'd be sitting there racking my brain trying to figure out, what is he saying? (laughs) Just speak to me, please. And the thing is, is that when we have a relationship with God, his spirit is in us. When we sit down and we read the scriptures and we meditate upon them, God wants to teach us. He wants to impart his wisdom to us. Why? Because we are but a vapor here on this earth. We have begun with this precious commodity called time. And we are so awesome at wasting it. But he doesn't want us to waste it. He wants us to redeem it. He wants us to use it to bring him glory, to bring him honor. God's word is filled with wisdom. There's a whole book called the book of Proverbs, and it's amazing because it's got 31 chapters. And so, you know, if you have a month that's 31 days, guess what you could do? Read a chapter a day or a month. I mean, it'll take you over two years to do it if you do one a month. But, you know, that's a lot of meditating on scripture. And so that's all good, too. You know what I'm saying? I mean, hey, to each his own, to each his own. Um, And the awesome thing is that if we lack wisdom, we can ask God. In the book of James, it says that we can ask God for wisdom. And he doesn't just give us a little bit, okay? He gives us liberally, okay? That means like a whole bunch. You know, I wish I had somebody to go ahead and give their money to me liberally. 
because then I would have a whole bunch. And then I could bless you. We could all go to lunch. (laughs) It's on me. Hallelujah. He said he receives it in the spirit. Hallelujah. Uh, (laughs) We cannot expect to be wise if we don't spend any time studying and meditating on the word of God. It just doesn't happen. You can't know something unless you've spent time with it. That's crazy, right? You can't just know it. You can't just be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to wear this on my head. And hopefully the words just seep into my mind and then I will receive the wisdom. No, we got to read it. We got to study it. We got to meditate upon it. And not just reading it because sometimes we go ahead and do a little checklist. Be like, pray 10 minutes. Check. Read my Bible five minutes. Check. Did I remember what I read? Oh, no, I can't check that box. Uncheck. I'll just erase that box, and then I won't have to worry about checking it. I could just worry about one and two, and then I'm good. Meditating upon the Scripture, really thinking and allowing the Spirit of God to reveal to us what it is that he's speaking to us, what it is that he's trying to communicate to us. Second point. Say point number two. Repeat after me. Don't repeat that part. Repeat this part. Ready? We make the most of our time by spending time in God's presence. I should have probably broken that up, right? We make the most of our time by spending time in God's presence. Man, that sounded better, right? That was good. I'm going to have to make note of that. Um, Verse 18, verse 18, it says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. Now, if you are drunk with wine, you are probably not acting wisely. I'm just saying, when's the last time you saw a drunk person do some wise things? (laughs) Usually, it is the opposite. I remember um, I was on YouTube... um, not redeeming the time, but wasting the time. <laughs> Again, confessing. Um, and I saw this video. This guy, he was up on a train, and he was dancing. Well, he was going to town, right? <laughs> Apparently, he was inebriated, and uh, he, he was not in his right mind. He wasn't, you know, he's dancing and dancing. All of a sudden, he, like, this is like one of those cable cars with, like, with, like the electricity and stuff like that. And Apparently, electricity is not, it's not good for your health. Um, <laughs> So he's like dancing and dancing, and all of a sudden he like slips. People are trying to go ahead and get him down. They're like, come down. He's probably thinking, oh, man, they're loving this dancing I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Um, and so he begins to slip. Oh, Lord, he begins to slip. And then he's like, ain't nothing to grab onto. I'm going to grab onto this wire full of electricity. Guess what happened to it? I'm going to tell you in Spanish, barbecue. was drunk not very wise not very wise and so people are not at their wisest when they're drunk i'm sorry to say um their ability to make sound decisions to reason and show restraint (laughs) can be impaired um you know people do some crazy things when when they're drunk they wake up the next morning they're sober and then turn who are you what happened (laughs) What happened? And then you run. Um, Not very wise, not very sound decisions. 
But the thing is that it's not just about drinking wine. It's about overindulging in things. And so it doesn't have to be wine. It could be something else for you. Overindulging, partaking of excess. And so what happens is that when we are bound to that and we partake in excess, this is not redeeming the time. This is wasting the time. Because you're not, in those kind of states, you're not bringing glory and honor to God. This is about, you know, satisfying your flesh and satisfying those things that, you know, your flesh wants, those earthly pleasures, which we learn in chapters 1 through 3 that now we have been called higher, have we not? We have been redeemed, have we not? God, Christ died for us, has he not? He has. And so now, you know, it's one thing to, you know, just be, you know, a commoner. Commoners can go ahead and kind of do as they please and, you know, nobody, you don't end up on the tabloid magazines. You don't end up on the front page or nothing. But, you know, have somebody that is in royalty do some craziness. It's all over the tabloids. Why? Because apparently they have been called higher. <laughs> they have, they are, they are expected to act a certain way. Why? Because of their position. And now, I don't know about you, but me, when God saved me, he changed my position, did he not? Am I not a co-heir with Christ now, right? Am I not a son of the king? Okay, so if we are sons and daughters of the king, guess what we should be acting like? Sons and daughters of the king, right? If we have been called to be a royal priesthood, right? We should be acting as such, not because we want to earn anything or not because we want to go ahead and be higher in our status with God because, you know, you know God is happy and smiling when I'm doing good, right? Listen, he loves me more when I'm doing good. Listen, God loves you. That's it. He can't love you anymore. He can't love you any less, okay? He just loves you. And so the thing is, is that we want to honor him, and that's why we're obedient to his word. That's why we don't want to sin against him, because we understand the sacrifice that he made for us, and now he has empowered us. Now we have a choice. We can choose not to sin because the the power of sin has been broken, amen? Amen. The power of sin no longer has reign in our lives, and so he has empowered us to be able to walk worthy. (sighs) I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. I'm so happy that he did. And so now that our status has changed, we should walk differently. We shouldn't indulge in those kind of things. Amen? Amen. Verse 18 continues and and shows us the product of such indulgence. Dissipation. Dissipation. The word dissipation, in short, means wastefulness. We're talking about redeeming the time, not wasting the time. We're good at that. We got that on the lot. We got it. We can waste the time. We're all good at it, right? I mean, there's so many things nowadays. I mean, you got your, your iPad. You got your iPods. You got your iPhones. You got, you know, you got your Androids. Android people, I love y'all. I'm enjoying myself. Um, and so, you know, we, we find time. I mean, I got to get the new app. I got to get this. I got to get that to be more productive. Uh, so it's about productivity, right? Uh, <laughs> that's why I got it. Um, and so, you know, we, we, when we indulge, we experience dissipation. If we are to be the most effective Christians we can be, we cannot afford to waste time. We cannot afford to engage in these things 
and have the byproduct of dissipation. So what's the alternative? At the end of verse 18, it tells us the alternative. It says, be filled, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. When we spend time in God's presence, he fills us with his Spirit. Many times I'm like sitting there and I feel the Spirit of God come upon me and refresh me and, and, and speak to me in his word. He calls things to remembrance and then I don't want to leave. And I'm like, ah, oh, I go to work. But it is amazing when we spend time in God's presence because it changes us. It challenges us. It transforms us. It's funny because sometimes, you know, when I get around um, certain people, I begin to talk like them. You know, I begin to kind of act like them. Like when I get around Bishop for a long time, I begin to be so holy. It's amazing. (laughs) Oh, but you know what I mean, right? You know, you get around certain people and then, you know, certain things, certain mannerisms, certain sayings, they start to rub off. And so when we spend time in God's presence, he rubs off on us. We don't rub off on him. Believe me, there's no danger in that. But he rubs off on us. And so we are challenged. And so it's awesome because then we approach our social interactions differently. It is from this infilling and subsequent overflow of his spirit we experience in his presence that brings about change to our social interactions in our homes with our families. We begin to to treat our families differently, right? We go ahead and start to begin to flow in (laughs) the fruit of the spirit. We begin to have that love, love, that joy, that peace. We go ahead and begin to experience that long-suffering and be able to go ahead and stand one another and not jump down each other's throats because it's crazy. You know, you're arguing right back and forth with your family member, and then somebody else calls, hi, how are you? Great. Thank you. No, we were here just hanging out, you know. You weren't liar. You're yelling at me. Then you got somebody else be like, "Uh uh-huh, I see you. I see you. Better hang up. We ain't finished. (laughs) That's not my wife. That's my daughter, okay? Back and forth arguing. Mm -hmm. In our work with our coworkers, I know you guys have coworkers that you love and those that you love to hate. (laughs) Not really. I'm just saying. Those that you love and those that you don't like so much because we're Christians, right? We don't hate nobody. Mm. Yeah. We, don't, we just got love for everybody. Uh, but it helps you to be able to approach those situations and those people with that kindness and that love, even though you know that they are going to get on your nerves. They're going to work your nerves, Yolanda. They're going to work you. And it's not appropriate to punch people in the face at work. <laughs> Generally frowned upon. In school, thank you. In school with your schoolmates, with your classmates, on the road with fellow drivers. I was going to not mention any names. That was loud enough for me to hear, and so I'm still not going to mention any names. But it helps us with people on the road because, you know, sometimes we don't know what the situation is. We don't know what they're going through. You know, they're just in our way, so they need to move to the right. I got somewhere to be. And I'm running late. Hallelujah. 
just kidding. Y'all pray for me, okay? Please. I need to spend more time in God's presence. <laughs> At the grocery store with fellow shoppers, you know the ones. Mm-hmm. They got a million coupons. And it seems like it doesn't matter what line I go to. The Lord wants to work on my patience. He wants to work these things out in me. And so I've come to the realization, and now I'm trying to go ahead and have my wife join me on this side um, of the realization that it doesn't matter what line we choose. There is going to be a problem. That light is going to start blinking because the cashier has a problem and the customer service manager needs to come over to solve it. It's going to happen. It is going... It's going to happen. But when I spend time in the Lord's presence... I can say, you know what, Lord, let me just go ahead. That's all right. I'm going to praise you right here. And maybe there's somebody next to me that needs to hear the gospel. And I talk to them. And I say, hey, are you going through something right now? Because, you know, right now we're going through something, but we got some time, right? And now we can redeem, instead of wasting the time, we can redeem the time. And you know what? This is a divine appointment that has brought us together. And we don't miss the invitations that God, because let me tell you something. Sometimes God causes these delays in our lives because he's got divine appointments set up for us. And all we're worried about is getting to where we need to get to because we need to get there. <laughs> But God is saying, listen, we're always at work, right? We should always be at work, in his work, ready, always ready when the master's voice calls and says, listen, I need you to do this. This is the time that I have set aside. That light went blinking for a reason. Oh, yeah, I know I'm convicted. I'm sorry. That hit me right here. I'm going to have to repent right now because many times. Also in ministry with fellow Christians. You know, it's funny because it's easier to yell at the people that you love than to yell at strangers. Maybe that's just me. But let me tell you, some, my daughter, sometimes, you know, she does things. And I don't know how this is, but she knows exactly what to do to make me mad. I don't know if she learned this or this is inherent. Well, she was born with this is in her genes. I don't know. But um, she knows how to work on nerves. And so when she does these things, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I want to yell at you so bad. I do. But I have to be an example. I have to go ahead and walk in wisdom. And I need to make sure that I walk circumspectly because I got to see the whole situation surrounding your craziness right now. It's got to be a logical explanation. It's got to be. So when we spend time in God's presence, it changes us, and that change translates to our social interactions. The more time we spend with God, the more like him we become, and the more effective we become in his service. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, last point. Repeat after me. We make the most, make the most of, our time of our time by spending time Imparting wisdom to each other. Verse 19. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Speaking to one another in psalms. Now, if you haven't read your Bible, you ain't got no psalms. I'm just saying, when Yolanda speaks a word of encouragement to me, I appreciate that. When, you, when she speaks the word of God over me, mm, that changes things in here, right? 
because now I have God's word to stand on. When we speak to one another using God's word, there is power in that, right? There is power in speaking God's word over one another. And so if we don't spend time in God's word, we don't spend time in his presence, it is very hard to speak the word of God over each other. I know that's very simple, but it makes sense, doesn't it? Hymns, these are songs written based on the word of God. When we sing to God, we want to sing songs that are based on the word of God, singing the word of God. Spiritual songs, those at the moment, Holy Spirit inspired songs. I'm glad what you said today, you were like, come on, you know, you got to worship him beyond the chorus, beyond the verse. Where is your worship? Where is your song? That song that the spirit is got locked up inside you that's trying to bubble up. Go ahead and bring that up to the surface. God wants to hear your song. What's your song? And so sometimes we go ahead and limit ourselves to, okay, well, I just want to sing this one. But God wants to go ahead and bubble up that new song in you. And it's okay if you can't sing, okay? Because I cannot sing. (laughs) Cannot. Ask my wife. And the thing is, is that I sometimes want to go ahead and have that spiritual song bubble up inside me. You know, so I change the words to the song, the lyrics. And my wife gives me the death look. And I'm like, babe, why it is a spiritual song. It's, it's divine inspiration. She's like looking at me like, no, <laughs> no, it's not. That is definitely not divinely inspired. <laughs> and now my daughter has gotten on the bandwagon that I cannot sing. The only song that I'm able to sing is a song to go ahead and put her to sleep. And I can't even sing that one good, but I've been singing this since she was a baby, so she got to suck it up, buttercup. It's just, it is what it is. Uh, singing and, mel- and melody in your heart to the Lord. When we come together as brothers and sisters, there is a synergistic effect. Yes, I said it. There's synergy up in here. Uh, when we come together, and the time that you are spent in the presence of God, the time that I have spent in the presence of God, that your brother next to you, this one, that one, the other, when we come together, it is amazing. God takes us to just another level. And that's why it is awesome. And that's why we shouldn't forsake the gathering of the saints. Amen. If you don't have a church home, consider Faith Dome. <laughs> that rhymes, right? That's good. I didn't make it up, but it sounds good. I'll use it. Um, and so when we come together, there is just an amazing thing that happens. God takes us to a different place. And so you're needed. And when you're not here, you are missed, not just physically, but in the spirit as well. Amen? Nobody's going to miss, Bishop. Everybody's coming back next week. <laughs> Now, the only way that we can walk in verse 19 is by spending time in the Word and being filled with the Spirit. Amen? You can't walk out verse 19. You you ain't got to have no spiritual hymn. You ain't got to have no spiritual nothing. (laughs) You're going to come up in here. You're going to be like, all right, y'all need to go ahead and lift my spirit because I ain't spent no time in the Spirit. This This is my one time during the week where I spend in the Spirit. So y'all need to go ahead and lift me up. We're trying to go ahead and get you to a different place, and we got to go ahead. Come on now. Help us out. The result of all this is an inspiration to give thanks always for all things because we know we are walking in wisdom. So in verse 20, it says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we walk in wisdom and we, we are in his presence, we go ahead and speak to one another uh, with, with wisdom, um, it produces thanksgiving in our hearts. Why? Because we know that no matter what hell I'm going through, 
is okay because I know that I am in the will of God. I know that God's wisdom is upon me, working through me, in me. I'm speaking it to you, and we are trying to grow together. And so I can give thanks always. It doesn't matter what the situation is because God doesn't change, does he? Everybody say no. No, no, he doesn't. That's very good. Remember it. <laughs> The answer in, in, in church is always Jesus, okay, just so you know. Jesus, so in case you don't know yes or no, just shout Jesus. You'll be all right. <laughs> I did want to go ahead and close with my, with my own story, uh, my own testimony. Um, before I was walking in foolishness, I was not being wise, though I thought myself wise. I was like, man, I know what I'm doing. I got a good job. I got, you know, things happening for me. Um, but then I realized there was something missing. And then I realized it wasn't something, it was someone. There's a big void in my heart, and it didn't matter what I tried to go ahead and put in it. It was like a bottomless pit. And I'm like, man, what is going on? I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied. Always, there's always something. I'm like, man, there was like a crazy thirst for something, and I didn't know. And now, what's the funny thing is that I grew up in church. I was one of those Pentecostal. But I missed Jesus. How did that happen? I was a fool. I thought I could do it on my own. And I realized that I couldn't. There was a, a hole in my heart that only Christ could fill. And when I said to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, guess what? I was satisfied for the first time in a long time. I was satisfied. And now I knew that, you know what? He gave me his word so that I could be wise, so I wouldn't waste time. I think about all those years that I wasted, and I'm like, man, you know, now I need to redeem the time. I need to make the most of the time by doing things that honor him, doing things to extend his kingdom because of what, if, what he did for me. He died for my sins. He died for your sins. All we have to do is just accept it, accept his sacrifice and make him the Lord of our lives and walk in wisdom. Come on and stand to your feet. Bow your heads. If you're in this place and you're saying, man, I have been a fool I have been foolish. I've tried to do things my own way, and it always comes out bad. I tried to go ahead and make it on my own, but I can't even do that. Every which way I turn is a dead end. Jesus tells us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm here to tell you today that if you are lost if you're at a dead end, the answer is Jesus. He is here to change your life. He is here to give you purpose. He is here to give you direction. And he is here to give you hope. I'm not saying that your situation is going to be copacetic from now on. The trials are going to come. This is not a, you know, everything is great kind of thing. No, God is going to go ahead and allow you to go through some things. But he's also going to stick right by you.
He is never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. You don't have to be lonely anymore. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to go at it alone anymore. Christ is here and he is saying, allow me to lead you in the way. Allow me to give you purpose. If you're here in this place and you're saying, you know what, I I am a believer, but somehow, some kind of way, I have been just being foolish, not redeeming the time. But I want that to stop today. And I want to commit once again to redeeming the time, to bring glory and honor to God in everything that I do, to be wise in the way that I walk, and to not be a fool. Go ahead and grab your neighbor's hand. And if that is you today, one of those two, I want you to squeeze your neighbor's hand right now. If you have been just a fool, squeeze your neighbor's hand. If you don't know Jesus, squeeze your neighbor's hand if you want to meet him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, dear God, for this time that we've had in your word. Father God, I just pray, dear God, that your word would prick our hearts, dear God. I pray, dear Jesus, that we, as your dear children, will walk wisely, dear God. I pray, my Lord Jesus, that we would be in your word, dear God, that we would meditate upon it day and night, dear God. That you would write your word on the tablet of our hearts, my God. We don't want to sin against you, dear God. But we want to show you our devotion, our love for you by being your obedient children, dear God. Father God, I pray, my Lord Jesus, that those that want to renew, my Lord God, their commitment to you, that they would renew it today, dear God. Father God, that you would give them the resolve, dear God, to stand firm in their decision, their devotion, my Lord God, to you today, dear God, going forward outside of this place, dear God. Father God, I pray, my Lord Jesus, your anointing upon us today, dear God. Help us to be wise, dear God, and not fools, dear Lord Jesus. Help us, my Lord Jesus, to be children that walk worthy of the calling with which you called us, my Lord God. Father, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. I give you thanks. And everybody said, amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Now, real quick, if you did go ahead and commit for the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time today to Jesus, please see me. I want to have a conversation for you, and I have a free gift. That's right. I said free. I have a free gift for you. Please, please, please come see me.